All right, welcome back. This is Mike Smith filling in for Simi today. Let's talk about the federal conservative leadership race now. And it seems like the biggest news coming out of this race so far is not so much who's running for the job, but who is not going for the gig. We've had so many high-profile people announce they will not seek the federal conservative leadership, notably Ronna Ambrose, who a lot of people thought would be the front runner for sure if she had entered the race. But we've also seen Jean Charest, the former conservative premier back out, Pierre Poliev, very high-profile MP, Candace Bergen the other day, another uh, conservative MP I think is really talented, and uh, she has now stepped announced that she will not seek the job. With all these people bailing out, it just seems to kind of clear the tracks for Peter McKay as the presumptive front runner for this job and maybe are we seeing a peter mckay coronation in the works here as the federal conservative party leader but i got to tell you he has had a rough start and we're going to get into a couple of the miscues that he has made so far in running for this job but peter mckay was on the show here yesterday with host sterling fox he, the first a major interview he's done with the BC News outlet. Have a listen to this. Remember, you might have heard how McKay said, criticized the Conservatives before he announced his leadership run, saying in the last election it was like they missed uh, scoring a goal in an open net when running against uh, Justin Trudeau. Here's what he said about that yesterday. It was an honest assessment of the conditions during the election campaign where we, uh, the party, I had a lot to offer Canadians. We had a platform, I think, that was thoughtful, that was costed, that should have been attractive to Canadians. And there were a lot of issues, let's say, that the Prime Minister was dealing with both during the campaign, but clearly before that, uh, that were affecting the economy, that were affecting people in their daily lives, that were affecting our relationships with other countries. There was a very, I, I would describe it as, as quite detrimental record that was apparent for all to see, and yet we still were not able to, to keep a, a sports analogy, get the, the ball over the goal line yeah. and, and win the election. And so uh, it was, uh, I guess, having spent a lot of time in rinks and played sports my whole life, that, that scenario translated into the statement. I don't regret saying it. I think we need to be honest when we assess our performance and, and then learn from it and, and do better the next time. It might have been a little raw. It might have been still uh, too soon to make that assessment, but I think conservatives have to be honest with themselves, and that's what I was trying to do. All right, it's Peter McKay speaking to Sterling Fox on yesterday's show there, and I actually thought that was a pretty good comment that he made, openly criticizing the last conservative election campaign. Why not? I think when you're running for the job, that's not a bad thing to say. It's some of the other things that have popped up in the last couple of days that have created some problems for Peter McKay. Let's check in with political commentator Elise Mills now. I've been following this one very closely. Elise, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thanks a lot for coming on. So let me, let's talk about some of the mistakes I think McKay has made here. Let's talk first of all about the other day he was, uh, he was asked about his position on whether Canada uh, should move its embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, which has been a long-standing Conservative Party policy. And in an interview he gave with the post-millennial news site, he gave a very kind of confusing answer on it, saying it was a, a complicated subject, that calling for a move like that would be presumptuous in his words. And then after there was a backlash among conservatives saying, look, this is long-held conservative policy, he kind of walked it back. 
what is going on with this guy? Why would he make a mistake like that? Well, you know, as Peter says, you know, it's okay to be raw and offer an honest assessment. So I'll do that with Mr. McKay right now. Yeah, right. Good. (laughs) And, you know, I do appreciate, you know, the honesty and that he's willing to have that conversation. So I'm being a bit snarky, but uh, but I think that actually I would love the opportunity to sit down with Mr. McKay myself and, and have a raw conversation because it, that particular issue I think is pretty thorny. Um, my father's side is, is Jewish, and so I just want to say that. I think that's now common knowledge. Uh, but I, I feel like with you're following in the footsteps of Trump, and there's yeah. yes, it is a conservative position, but I think that in the position of running for leader to make bold, big foreign policy statements like that, that would dramatically shift uh, our foreign policy or our perceived relationship with Israel and therefore Palestine, I think that it, it's probably not the right place to to jump that high. Um, I think, Mr. McKay, my, my idea around this is that that's all well and fine, and I love that we're, you're, you're taking us to the next level. Uh, but I think the audience, uh, the majority of the audience, wants to get into big ideas, uh, answers around climate change, um, you know, calls for other social issues, like what's happening to middle-class Canadians. I mean, we know what's happened to low-income Canadians. What's happened to the middle class? You know, they can't afford their homes. Uh, these are issues that really pertain to the, I think, the wheelhouse of conservative ideology. And, you know, I think he's he's somehow sort of gone from really basic and I think below the, the bar commentary around yoga not being manly to all of a sudden talking big ideas around Jerusalem. And I just think he needs to find his way. And it, it brings yeah. into what is the priority on his leadership campaign? I think you have to always begin with policy, Mike. You know, the communications yeah. is the sexy stuff, but you don't get sexy communications when you don't have a foundation. And the foundation in a campaign is the policy. Okay, speaking of the yoga cracks here at, at Trudeau, and this is one that I think McKay took some heat over when his campaign sent out a tweet on his account on the weekend criticizing Justin Trudeau for spending $875 in Liberal Party money on yoga sessions. And I think a lot of people were looking at that tweet and saying, really, is this where you're going back to now, like taking yeah. shots at him over yoga? Now, let me let me play this for you, Elise, because here's McKay. He sat down with CTV News the other day. He was asked about this yoga thing on, on Twitter, and he, he basically tried to walk that one back, too. And then you're going to hear one of his handlers uh, jump in here to cut the interview off. Here is Peter McKay talking to CTV. You say civility. I, I noticed you, there was a video put on Twitter um, talking about Justin Trudeau's yoga expenses. And is that civil, though? I mean, highlighting 800 and some odd dollars in, in, in no, yoga expenses? No, it isn't. And, and uh, that was something that happened that I, I, I'm not proud of. I, I, don't, uh, I don't have the opportunity always to vet every single thing that goes on that social media account. So we're going to do better. And in that, at that moment, his team abruptly ended the interview. I, uh, that's that's uh, quite. He said civility. I, I mean, she's just doing her job. She's a journalist. I'm doing that's my job, guys. Yeah. That's okay, that's CTV reporter Heather right there. I think <laughs> asking a good question, and then McKay's people jump in and cut the interview off. 
Elise, this is like communications 101 stuff. What's going on? This is like bad performance here by McKay and his people here, I think. Well, you and I have known each other a long time, and you know I've represented some controversial uh, political figures and some pretty loved political figures. And in between all that, what we try and do is we try and bring the essence out of the candidate or the politician or the prime minister, whomever it is. And we always play to their strengths. And the irony behind that interview, it was probably the most authentic interview I've seen from Peter McKay in, since he's, you know, sort of been dancing around the leadership and now uh, in the leadership. And you, you've got to remember, uh, you know, 11 days before E-Day in the 2019 campaign, he took a big kick, a big swing against Andrew Scheer. Uh, so he needed this interview, I think, to redeem himself. And I think, you know, apart from prior to the yoga comment, they were actually just talking about his campaign. He was relaxed. He was, I think, very credible. He showed humility. It was all going tickety-boo. And the handlers, it wasn't just one, it was two. And they came down with tremendous force. I would never have come in like that. I wow. would have recognized that my boss was doing an extremely good job. He was comfortable. He wasn't uncomfortable at all. And that in his answer, he showed remorse and humility. And I think the only misstep is that he was very transparent in the fact that he's not in control of his communications. And I will tell you, as you know, Mike, Gordon Campbell, Stephen Harper, those two gentlemen, Brad Wall, when I worked for Brad Wall, they were always in control of their messaging. I couldn't even get Patrick Brown to listen and slow down just long enough to take a beat. And that was a particularly heated time. Uh, But I always feel that they need to be in control of their social media. And it looks to me like he's not even in control of his policy right now. Uh, So there, and it's, and I, I don't want to, have this interview come across that I am 100% against Peter McKay. What my problem is, is I'm 100% against what's happened to the party. We're really stuck in 2011. We haven't done the legwork around our policy foundation, which has yeah. sort of led to this crisis around our leadership convention, or our leadership race. And it's probably left these two leader, I would say the two front runners, which is Peter McKay and then Mr. O'Toole, Aaron O'Toole. It's yeah. left them in a bit of a, a predicament where they've had to do probably more heavy lifting there's probably more emphasis on everything that they're saying and because everybody that i've talked to is starving for something remotely intelligent to 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 be happening and remotely visionary to be happening at this particular time all right welcome back mike smith in for simi as we continue my discussion with elise mills on the conservative party leadership do you think peter mckay elise can be stopped at this point or is this uh, is he running away with it here I think he's running away with it. He has, you know, 22, uh, well, he has 20 MPs and two senators backing him. And, you know, I know people are saying that big caucus support doesn't particularly lead to a coronation. I think it will depend whether this is the membership of 2017 uh, or if this is now the membership I might think it is. And if all the little conversations I'm having with one or two people at a time, you know, and then several times a week, uh, you know, the membership is, it may look like still waters, but there's a lot happening underneath. And it will be interesting to see how many people actually go to Toronto for this leadership race. I think there's some very big names that have spoken to me about not wanting to go, sort of holding their noses and, and sort of enjoying watching it at home with a couple of drinks versus attending, which tells me they're not they're not engaged um 
you know, it, it's it's a weird time. And I think it's not that Peter McKay is not worthy of running for leadership. It's just that when the party is sitting in this position where it is stale dated, and even Mr. Harper would not want us to be consistently reliving the 2011 success. Um, the, par- the, the country has changed. The world has changed. Conservatives have changed. Uh, you can see sure. that in, in a variety of our policies and, our, and even people's positions on how we're going to, you know, offer something on sustainability and climate change, for example. Yeah. Uh, so Mr. McKay might be a product of something that's a little bit more stale dated. Okay, let's take a few calls here, Elise, in the time we got left. Hi, Karen in Surrey. Oh, hi there. First of all, I find it laughable that we're actually calling out Peter McKay for bringing up the yoga when I remember Orange, orange Juice Gate. And the Liberal government is just as guilty as being so unbelievably um, petty. And I don't know why our media has, has not kept up with the SNC-Lavalin scandal. There has to be some accountability. And McKay, I believe, is the best candidate for the leadership of, uh, of well, the Conservative Party. Well, and you may, also, you may, be, you may be right. Finish. Yeah. Go ahead. Let me finish. I just want to say also, Andrew Shearer, I recall... When the liberals were raking him over the coals about his party paying for his kids' education. I'm sorry, but you know what? Let's get back to the real issues here. We've got a country that has record unemployment. We we have a province that our own prime minister forgot to mention during our celebrations. People are laughing at Trump because he called Kansas City. Our prime minister can't even remember a province. We only have 10. So you know what? Here's the thing. We need to start focusing on the real issues of Canada. Okay, thank thank you, Elise. Elise. Mike, Mike, if I can just respond, I I completely agree with this caller. Um, The issue about the yoga is that that's Liberal Party funding. We don't get to tell the Liberals how they're going to spend their members' donations. The same way we don't want to be told how we spend our donations. Uh, And the reason why Mr. Scheer got into big trouble about that is that we have a very different perspective uh, and I think it was best said actually by Mr. Harper when he was Prime Minister this we still see as public funding even though it's not traditionally coming through taxpayers dollars through the government it's coming from our members taxpayers dollars you get receipted on that everybody that 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 uh, preceded uh, Mr. Shear took absolute care with that and that was the problem with the membership the other thing I, I completely agree with the caller. It's not that Mr. McKay is not a formidable opponent to Mr. Scheer, or sorry, Mr. Mr. Trudeau, but as a conservative who's been in the trenches, who's probably, how long have I been on air, Mike? 12 years? Yeah. I, if I'm going to fight for something, I want to be inspired. I am tired of, of having to put my, my thought process on the back burner okay. and sort of just row with the, with the pablum. Elise, the time goes by always so quickly when you're on. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, all right, that's Elise Mills. She's a conservative political commentator with her take on McKay. Here's the good news for Peter McKay. Brand new Ipsos poll out uh, shows that if he was the leader of the party, uh, he could potentially beat just uh, uh, Justin Trudeau.